building up godly men for a better tomorrow. This is On the Edge with Ken Harrison, where we inspire men of integrity to put faith into action together. And now, here's today's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to On the Edge podcast with Ken Harrison. On the Edge, Ken, welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm welcoming you, and I'm saying thanks for having me. (laughs) Would you like a cup of coffee? (laughs) I got my coffee, and uh, you're a fellow coffee drinker. You drink as much coffee as I do, man. I think you must have Swedish blood, too. Irish. uh, You know, Ken, I'm usually behind the scenes. Thanks for allowing me to jump in and be of service. Well, I mean, you're a producer, and uh, I don't know how we got a producer as high quality as you did, because especially with what we pay. You must just like this. I have to tell you, I'm passionate about Promise Keepers, and that's no smoke. I'm serious. Uh, I'm a huge sports fan. I love Coach McCartney. I followed him before I got into Promise Keepers, but I I remember the 90s events. And, uh, you know, the first event, um, basketball uh, gym up on Boulder, 2,500 men. And then a year later, 25,000 men. And then in 1997, 1.5 million men on the mall. Unbelievable. Um, we're going to take the next couple episodes to get into some of uh, the questions that people have. And there are a lot of questions um, and a lot of praise for the success of the event, July 16, 17, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, so I'm going to be reading some questions that have come in, and you'll be answering. And who are you, by the way? Um, who am I? I am Brian, the producer. Brian McNulty, producer extraordinaire. Yes. We, we had to get your name in there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, um, we, we've been doing this for a year now, Ken, and uh, <laughs> the, the, the content is there and uh, the topics are there, but it seems like everything came together uh, in July at Cowboy Stadium. Would you agree? Dude, yeah, you talk about three and a half years of hard, hard work, and it boy, did it pay off. I mean, the stories that we'll get into that we saw there, the enthusiasm, the staff of the stadium, how lives were changed. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was, I'm still just kind of reeling that the Lord would allow me to be used to do this. And you had good weather. No, wait, they had the roof. So there's no good weather in <laughs> Dallas in July. That's that's a oxymoron right there. Hey, uh, I watched online. I watched it on Facebook, and um, I know you're cutting together the whole event. And you want to bookmark PromiseKeepers.org, and there's constantly fresh stuff going on up there. Mm-hmm. And it's all about encouraging men because we're tired of being beaten down. I'm tired of feeling bad about everything, and I'm looking for something to connect with and be encouraged by. Um, That's what I got out of the event. It was the culmination and the manifestation of a lot of communication over the past year. And so uh, we've got all these great questions. Would you be willing to take a few minutes and answer a few? Oh, well, that's why you're here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, all right. I'm paying you for this. So. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> all right. Uh, first one, Jonathan Smith, who leads a small group and he uses the app, download the app. He uses the app to keep his group together and grow fellowship. Um, he's now an ambassador in Texas and uh, he uh, has written this. It says, Ken, I know you, uh, I know your heart. You're a no nonsense kind a guy. But I believe we've been coddling men way too long. 
to step up into biblical manhood. What do we need to do as promise keepers to activate the warrior within Christian men? That's a great question. And by the way, an ambassador is an, a volunteer for Promise Keepers that you you go through a process, a vetting process, and then some training, and then you become sort of an official volunteer. And if you were at the event or if you watched the video, you saw those guys in the yellow shirts. And uh, it's so funny, man, because the criticism, there, there's like these people who have the spiritual gift of criticism who no matter what happens, they have something critical to say. So a bunch of the dudes are wearing red hats. And the red hats came from the 90s. So it was the ambassadors who were guys from the 90s wanted to wear their old hats. Well, I mean, we got lit up with people. You're wearing mega hats. This is a Trump thing. It's like, yeah, come on, for crying out loud. It, it, did, it said promise keepers on them, and they were red hats from back then. And my critical thing was yellow shirts and red hats. They looked like they were working at McDonald's, but that was a different <laughs> subject. So, Would you um, like fries with that? <laughs> it was just making me hungry. Uh, this is this is huge. There's supposedly a warrior inside of me. How do I activate that? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things we need to get, and this is so important right now, everywhere I go, men tell me men are being attacked, masculinity is being attacked. And I say, no, it's not. Men are not being attacked and masculinity is not being attacked. Women and children are being attacked and Satan is using men to do it. So femininity has been under attack forever. We don't, we don't, uh, value motherhood. We don't value babies. Abortion is destroying um, the black community, destroying the church. So here's the thing. Men are being led to be an apathetic. Satan wants men to do nothing. And so if men think they're being attacked, then they'll tend towards that many of them. They'll say, well, I, I might as well just play video games. Nobody wants me around. I might as well surf porn. You, you, you remember Muhammad Ali, the rope-a-dope? That, that's a lot of guys I know. I'm just going to lean against the ropes and cover my head and let, let life pound me in the face. I'll be okay. Yeah. But who's not okay is your wife and your kids. Yeah. What we need to understand is that Satan is going after your wife and your kids, not you. And so when he gets men falling into perversion, sexual perversion, women don't feel cherished. They don't feel loved. What are they going to do? They're going to turn around and attack because they don't see men acting that way. Girls don't see their fathers behaving in a way. So we got to stop this crap about we're a bunch of victims. We're not. We're men. God has called us to be warriors. So one of the first things we do to call men out is to stop acting like a freaking victim and start understanding that your job is to stand up for your wife and your kids. The second thing we need to do is to get men into friendships and relationships because you cannot fight alone. We were never meant to fight alone. Jesus grabbed 12 disciples to start everything from the beginning. And they weren't all that likable of guys in many ways. Wow. G Jesus had a posse? Jesus, Jesus had a posse and uh, um, Peter was his number one fighter, you know. So I love that. Well, that's what we need to do is so, to remember who and where we are, that Satan's trying to divide us. And, you know, I'm always talking about that. The Satan wants to get us alone. He wants to get us friendless. And he wants us to think that we're victims. Uh-uh. You were, you're a son of the king. Some of these health and wealth pastors talk about, you know, act like a son of the king, meaning you should have a lot of money. Well, I don't know. Jesus was a son of the king. He didn't have a lot of money. He was suffered and he died for us. And that's our job too. So behaving like a son of the king means I will not let Satan or this world have my wife and my kids. I will stand for them. And then when I've got that put together, I'm going to make sure he doesn't get the wife and the kids of my friends and my church. I'm going to stand up for Christ. Hey, Ken, this next uh, question that we're going to cut to is like perfectly the follow-up to the first guy's question. All right. And uh, he said, uh, and I quote, um, you've said, Ken, 
and I heard it from the stage, one of the ways to destroy society is to destroy and break down masculinity. The way to do this is to have males who are not accountable. Um, so. <laughs> I think I just answered that. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just to reiterate that, I mean, honestly, I mean, one of the reasons why we have an epidemic of friendless American males is because we don't want to be accountable. And if we have friends, we end up being accountable because our friends call us out on our garbage, right? So um, we have got to get into the church, start serving each other. And man, friendships, they got to be based around what can I do to serve and disciple you, not what can you do to serve and disciple me? What is my offer of friendship to you? And then what is your offer of friendship to me? so that we can come together in, in a real relationship. If too many guys are spoiled children who have just grown up and they're looking for everybody to give to them, mm -mm. part of the basics of manhood is what can I give, not what can I take. It's, a, it's the basic of Christianity as well. But um, let's be on the road of how can I give in my relationships to my wife, my kids, what are the expectations on me? And then in my friendships, what are my expectations? What can I do to serve, not to take? Awesome. That's great. Hey, this next question. Uh, my dad went to a Promise Keepers event. I missed the event, but I'm checking out your material. What does it mean to be a Promise Keeper? Man, that is a great question. And um, it's one that we are going back to the basics on. When Coach McCarty launched Promise Keepers back in the early 90s, we were clear on what is a Promise Keeper. And I think that got a bit vague. And, and we actually, people commented on, on this, the tone of the messages was different than in the 90s. Jesus Christ is the Promise Keeper. Hmm. We're not the Promise Keeper. We can become promise keepers only to the extent that we have given up ourselves for kingdom purpose, that we die to ourselves daily and are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's when we can become a promise keeper. What I said from the stage was, we're not here to give you the five-step program on being a better husband or the four-step program to kick porn. We're here to give you the one-step program, which is repent, believe in Jesus Christ, and be changed. Woo! Bottle that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a promise keeper, man. It is yeah. being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's really cool. That's good. And for knuckleheads like me, it's simple enough to kind of carry around. Simple, but but it's really hard, man. It's like salvation. And like I said before, I think uh, it's a free gift, but it'll cost you everything if you really want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Today's episode is brought to you through the generosity of Waterstone. For nearly 40 years, Waterstone has assisted givers in supporting their favorite charities, like Promise Keepers, by crafting customized, innovative giving solutions. Waterstone gift strategists stand ready to create your personalized charitable plan, utilizing business interests, real estate, appreciated assets, charitable trusts, giving funds, and more. These donor-specific giving strategies allow givers to bypass capital gains taxes, receive a fair market value charitable deduction, and have tax-free growth for years to come. Prioritize income, minimize taxes, and optimize your giving with Waterstone. Find out how to give and receive the most from your assets by visiting www.waterstone.org. And now, back to today's show. Well, Ken, what you just said transitions to our next question, which has come in via the app. It says, so much of the Christian life is choosing faith over fear. How does fear manifest itself in the lives of Christian men today? Because 
all of what you just said is fine and dandy, but I could say to you, and this gentleman is saying, I'm, I'm paralyzed in fear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in debt. I have more kids than I can take care of. I don't know how to talk to my wife. I'm paralyzed by fear. What do I do as a Christian man to bust through the fear? And how can promise keepers help me? Would you ask me an easier question? I don't want to answer. That. <laughs> um, it's pretty. It's 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 pretty intense, and I know a lot of us have gone through it. Let me start off harshly and then pull back, which I do sometimes, and I think this is helpful. Revelation twenty-one verse eight has a list of the people who will be in the lake of fire. That list starts with cowards, and it ends with liars. Now, if I was going to tell you, there's a list of eight categories that define your life that would say, the, God is saying. If you are one of these people, you cannot be saved. It's it's cowards, liars, idolaters, sexually perverse, murderers. Um, I forget the whole list, and all liars. You wouldn't think cowards would be the one on there. And what is cowardice? I mean, really, what is cowardice? If if, if I say you're a murderer, well, we all know what a murderer is, right? But what is cowardice? Well, cowardice is simply not doing what you should do because of fear. Bravery is the opposite. What is When we say someone's courageous, what does that mean? Well, it's somebody who always does what needs to be done despite his fear, right? So conquering your fear is incredibly important because we don't want to be cowards. So lots of people have fear, but some people are able to bust through that and some not. So how do we conquer fear? There's only one way, which is faith. Faith is the antidote to fear. And how do we build our faith? Well, luckily for us, the disciples asked Jesus that question, and he gave them an answer. In Luke, I think it's chapter 15, they say, Jesus, help us build our faith. And then Jesus explains what faith is. Jesus says the famous quote, if you have faith, you could say, just the grain of a mustard seed, you say this mountain, get up and move into the sea, and it would move into the sea. Now, I'd love to have faith like that, because I'd like to move Vail closer to my house. Um but I don't, that doesn't seem to be working. I keep, I keep ordering Veil to come closer to my house and it doesn't work. So I don't apparently have enough faith. But how do you have faith? Jesus says, uh, gives a parable. How many of you, if you have a slave who's been working all day in the field and when he comes in, says to him after he's prepared your meal, sit down and eat? No, you'll say to that slave, serve me. And when I have finished eating, then you can eat. So it is with the kingdom of heaven. When you've done everything you were, you were supposed to do, you should say, we're only worthless slaves. We've just done our duty. So that's Jesus' answer to how you have more faith, which is what? Working really, really hard. And when you work really hard, you don't work for a reward. You work because you love your master, which is the Father in heaven. And when people go, aren't you amazing? You did this, you did that. You just put on this big event. Aren't you great? You say, uh I'm just about my father's business and I'll get to rest when I get to heaven. And when you push through hard, working hard, it builds your faith. When you build your faith, you'll find fear completely disappears. And people say to me all the time, geez, you don't seem to be afraid of anything. Like you, you just seem like you just are so bold. Well, it's because I have my eyes on Jesus, only Jesus. So follow-up question, how do you be bold and fearless without coming off as cocky or arrogant? Hmm. <laughs> That's tough. I'll yeah. tell you, man. I know these guys. I mean, General Boykin, um, Chad Hennings, you know, two of my best friends in the whole world. General Boykin, um, most people know who he is, but, you know, he's the one who chased down a cop, Pablo Escobar. He's the one who took Manuel Noriega into custody. He was the commanding officer of Black Hawk Down, you know, walks around smoking cigars. One of the most humble men I've ever known. 
incredibly humble. Um, one of the baddest dudes on the planet. I mean, he is a walking American hero and he's both. He is fearless. Um, well, on the outside, mm -hmm. you know, um, he always does what needs to be done. Chad Henning, same way, you know, guy, unbelievable, three Super Bowl rings. Um, but yet incredibly humble. So you can be both. But the question is, why are you fearless? If you're fearless because you're trusting in your own effort, in your own body, in your own training, then you will be arrogant and you will fail. But if you're fearless because you have faith in Christ, which I can say of Chad and, and General Boykin, that that's the case, um, then you are both humble and fearless because you've got your eyes on the, the source of life. And the only reward you're trying to get is Jesus saying, well done. You're not worried about what the world says. And that's such a key right there. So when we worry about other people's opinions, it's a, it's a never ending road. You'll never, ever be okay. If people can see the hate letters I get, the, mm -hmm. the mail from both Christians and non-Christians, they would be horrified. You got to work, work through it. Is humility something you can pray for? Yes. Be very careful what you ask for. <laughs> I have a chapter. The last chapter of Rise of the Servant Kings is is where I prayed for humility. And um, God said, okay, son. Uh, he didn't give it to me as a gift. What he says, I'm going to teach it to you. And I'm going to teach it to, in, to you in a way that you'll never forget. So I prayed for humility. And literally with a week later, uh, I won't go into the story by the book or get the audio book, but um, my life was turned upside down in such a horrific way. Um where I was taught that all of the gifts I'd had, all the success I had came from the Lord and not from me. And then the Lord came through and saved me. And I, I, I tell you what, that was a breaking I never want to go through again, but I'm so glad for it. So I prayed for humility and he gave it to me, but be careful what you ask for. Thanks for listening to On The Edge Podcast with Ken Harrison. For a lot of you, this is our first time meeting, and I want to tell the men listening about an organization I'm the current chairman of, Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers is an organization founded by Coach Bill McCartney that's led men across the world to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Promise Keepers is calling men back to courageous and bold servant leadership. To learn more and get involved in the mission of Promise Keepers, visit promisekeepers.org. Follow on social media or download the Promise Keepers app on Apple Store or Google Play by searching Promise Keepers. Through the Promise Keepers app, you receive access to devotionals, Bible studies, and other great articles and video content, and a community to build friendships, lead your family, and become transformative leaders. See you next time for On the Edge with Ken Harrison. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.